Good morning and welcome to Third Country Radio on BFF.FM, Best Frequencies Forever. And we are very, very happy to welcome you to our 50th show. It's been, um, well, quite the year plus uh, for us here, uh, playing so many wonderful songs for you. And we are really looking forward to playing much, much more. But we wanted to celebrate reaching uh, 50 episodes here on BFF.FM by playing for you uh, some of our favorite tracks from the 50 shows that we've done. And uh, it was not an easy thing to do, trying to condense uh, the hundreds of hours, well, I suppose literally 100 hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> of, uh, well, 198 hours of music uh, into a two-hour celebration. Uh, but uh, we, ha- we have done our best to do it. Yeah, uh, we, we were going through, we tried to choose songs that really spoke to us or just that we remembered fondly. And that's why we opened today with the Elven, do- uh, the Elven Door, not the Elven Drawer, as I almost said. <laughs> uh, it is late and I'm a little tired and also like, I don't know what's going on. Little allergies, who knows, a little yeah. bit of, a, of an autumn cold. But, uh, but yeah, uh, we wanted to open with that beautiful, beautiful song that uh, is, is so reminiscent of Howard Shore's score for Lord of the Rings. Uh, but we played that on our very first show, which I believe, if I remember correctly, was all about uh, music inspired by or taken from uh, fantasy film and TV and video games. Uh, yes, it was inspired by fantasy and flights of fancy is what we called it. Uh, in that uh, track you just heard, the Elven Door was the very first piece of music that we ever played here on Third Country, Third Country Radio. Yeah, and it's it's great to bring it back again um, because Hole Dweller, who is the artist there, uh, does some really amazing work and continues to create really wonderful pieces and is, is starting to kind of get uh, get a little bit of recognition out there in some of the some of the fringe uh, parts of like you know certain fringe parts of culture which I appreciate well yeah I mean starting to kind of really make a name for themselves mm-hmm. um, and uh, and become a bit better known which I, which is great and uh, it's always really wonderful when an artist we have played on the show goes from being this act we've barely heard of to uh being uh, a an artist a, a musical act that ha- really starts to gain some um cultural appreciation and uh and even even a little bit of fame in yeah. their own way and we're going to be playing a whole bunch of different artists uh, some of whom meet the, that criteria and and some that uh, that are a little bit more well known you're going to be hearing some stuff from Rashid Taha from Pulp, from uh, from the Black Keys, all kinds of music, but just you know, music that we that we dearly love, and we're very happy to bring to you, and wanted to bring to you one more time. Yeah, and we're gonna keep uh, things going right now uh, with an artist we uh, featured uh, last year around the same time mm-hmm. uh, on our show celebrating. Um, uh, it was Native American. It's well, it is now Native American H- uh, History Month. Yes, and uh, we uh, celebrated 
the month last year uh, with a wonderful collection of music of crossing a whole variety of genres. We played electronic dance, we played uh, folk, country, uh, punk rock. Uh, there was a little bit of everything uh, on that show and uh, it was a real delight to uh, kind of investigate and research and uh, collect that that music uh, for your enjoyment uh, last year. Yeah, and uh, this next song is one that I had heard uh, a few years ago Mm. and was just really struck by it. It's a very powerful song. Mm. And the video for it, if you get a chance to to look for it on YouTube, is great because uh, it it features a, a First Nations individual who works in an office and uh, you see him kind of like, you know, ending his day in the office wearing a suit and tie and then going home and getting ready to attend a powwow and kind of watching this this transformation as he goes from, you know, kind of the workaday, workaday world and workaday life into um, kind of a, a very beautiful and vibrant expression of, of culture and, and of, of their, their true spirit, which mm. I appreciate. And uh, uh, we're really happy to play this one for you again, uh, combining um, the beautiful sounds of the Northern Cree singers with modern day uh, dance beats. This is DJ Shub and the song is Indomitable.
We want to be your BFF. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever. BFF.FM, best frequencies Streaming with my besties.
bringing you only the best. We are Third Country Radio here on BFF.FM, Best Frequencies Forever, and we are celebrating our 50th show, which is improbable. <laughs> feels improbable anyway, uh, but we are so glad to be here bringing you great music from from our pa- some of our past shows. We went back through and we looked at uh, our, our 49 previous episodes and brought you some music that we hope you, that you will enjoy. So that was a three song set there. Uh, to start us off, you heard Indomitable by DJ Shub, and then after that, the song PRDR by Fox Capture Plan, a great jazz ensemble out of Japan. And then after that, possibly one of the greatest covers of all time, uh, Rashid Taha with his version of Rock El Kasbah. If you are a Clash fan, you know that he was covering the... Uh, the I was going to say the flagship song. I'm not sure if that's the right terminology, but uh, I think even the most casual of Clash listeners will remember Rock the Casbah. So. And uh, it's really fun to find out that um, occasionally, especially when he was in like uh, performing in, in France or in England, uh, Mick Jones of, uh, of the Clash would uh, sometimes appear on stage with uh, Rashid and his band to uh, perform uh, that song uh, with him. That's, the, that's just remarkable to think about, you know, these two great talents up on stage performing such a, a vibrant song and such a vibrant version of that song. Mm, absolutely. And it's, uh, it's, it's very interesting to see the comparisons between Rashid Taha and Joe Strummer, uh, the, you know, the, the one of the primary uh, authors of of that song, um, both uh, both both very driven creatively and socially, and uh, also both sadly taken uh, long before their time. Um, it's uh, one of the great tragedies that uh, they both passed away so young, relatively speaking, uh, that we uh, missed out on what great music they could still be making today uh, but I I think we can both be grateful for the music that they did leave behind yeah absolutely it would have been wonderful to see what they would have done but in the meantime we can we can listen to what they left behind and you know take solace and also take inspiration which is I appreciate yeah absolutely and uh, that of course came from our covers episode which was a lot of fun and we, we may need to repeat at some point in the future um fox capture plan that was a group i i don't think we were familiar with them all that much until we sat down and started looking for fun music we could play for our jazz episode yeah that was uh that group was delivered via the algorithm uh once again (laughs) uh spotify kind of has become not my main way of discovering new music but We both work desk jobs, and uh, sometimes the the silence can kind of become overwhelming if we don't have something going on in the background. So um, I sometimes we do listen to podcasts, but often it has to be music because it's it's very difficult for for me. I think for both of us to we we work in jobs that require us to you know use use our language skills to Mm. the best of their ability. So it can be hard to be trying to type an email while you're listening to a podcast, but it's you know much easier to listen to music while you're doing so, Mm. and. Fox Capture Plan, I, I have no idea why Spotify decided that I would like it, but uh, it, it's it's a pretty good uh, personal DJ sometimes, <laughs> and uh, and it was, uh, you know, I, I 
listened to a little bit more of them, and, and I was really, fairly glad to get them on the show. Yeah, it was really fun to put that show together and um, dig into a genre of music that I personally have really only um, sort of scratched the surface on. So it was a lot of fun to dig a little bit deeper and explore uh, artists and groups from around the world. Like like you mentioned um, earlier, Katie, uh, Fox Capture Plan are from Japan. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they, they're just a, a fun group. They have recorded some really uh, delightful uh, reimaginings and renditions of like of popular um, music from from uh, across the genre spectrum. Yeah, and that's always fun to to see, especially a, a very talented jazz outfit. Uh, it's it's always very fun to see how they play with a an otherwise well worn and very familiar sound. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess in Japan, you know, jazz there's there's a very big jazz subculture mm. in Japan, and that's always something that kind of fascinates me. Is we've talked about it before on the show, but how American musical styles like jazz, like rock and roll, seem surprisingly to translate quite well. Uh, and go around the world and along the way, you know, pick up uh, pick up new traditions, new sounds, and then bring them, you know, right back to uh, to where jazz got started. So, um, so uh, it's always very exciting to, for me anyway, uh, mm. to explore and see what happens when a certain musical style goes someplace that you wouldn't expect. Absolutely, and that's been one of my favorite parts of doing this show over the last 50 episodes has been finding musical acts from uh, from all over the world, from Eastern Europe, from um, Sub-Saharan Africa, from the Far East, from the Middle East, from Australia and New Zealand, um, from all over all over the world really from south america central america music that has transcended cultural and um language barriers mm-hmm. to be embraced and reimagined and refitted into local language local musical styles and then, like you said, sent back across the pond uh, to the places where that music first was born. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think I think America is as is as uh, frequent a, a a melting pot as anywhere else. You know, we 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 look at we look at you know this this country as the origin of. Of music like rock and roll, you know, born out of like bluegrass and and and, and naturally jazz as well. Um, but it's wonderful to to recognize those genres as being the children of musical styles that came here with uh, the waves of immigration, and also. Um, the, the 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 music the rhythms the beats the the the, the vocal styles that that were already here from from uh, the indigenous people mm-hmm. that that still 
live here and still produce their own music. Absolutely. You can you can trace back music through many different iterations and permutations and styles and it really is the universal language in that regard. Mm, absolutely. And I'm and I'm really glad that we're continuing to explore that here on Third Country Radio. Uh, and with that being said, I think the, I think the next three songs that we're gonna play, uh, they're they're all very Western. They're all very you know the two two of the artists are from the United States, mm-hmm. and uh, one act is from the is from the UK, but but is playing you know you know indie 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 rock indie pop. Uh, but I I don't think the next three acts could be any more different. Yeah, because we pulled them from three very very different shows. Um, so we're going to have a song that came from our kind of like novelty slash comedy slash parody <laughs> episode, uh, and then a song that comes to you from our country show that we did, and then I cannot remember what uh, what ep- what episode the third song came from, but uh, it could only have come from uh, a show we did in February. Yes, like... absolutely. <laughs> So uh, I don't want to keep you in suspense any longer. We're going to go ahead and get started with a song from our, uh, like I said, parody slash novelty slash comedy episode. You're going to be hearing Ikea. Long ago in days of yore, it all began with a god named Thor. There were Vikings and boats and some plans for a furniture store. Not a bodega, it's not a mall This he'll think for apartments smaller than mine As if there were apartments smaller than mine Ikea, Ikea. Just some milk and some pine and a handful of Norsemen Ikea, Ikea. Selling furniture for college kids and divorce men Everyone has a home But if you don't have a home Your trust in the land where the furniture folds to a much smaller size. Billy the bookcase says hello. So does the table, his name is Ingo. And the chair is a ladder back perch, but his friends call him Carl. Ikea, Ikea. just a moke and some pine and a handful of Norsemen. Ikea, Ikea. filling furniture for college kids and And a chair and a lamp and a shelf and some candles for you I was a doubter just like you Till I saw the American dream come true In New Jersey, they got a goddamn Swedish parade 
What's really going on? This is Boots Riley. You are listening to BFF.FM. And this is just in case you thought you were listening to some other station, but somehow typed in these letters. We want to let you know that you've made a mistake, but probably a good one. All right. So keep it locked right here. Life's a casino I'm telling you And everybody's playing Boys and girls, women, children, me and you The dice are loaded And everything's fixed Even a hobo would tell you this Welcome to hard times And feeling low Do you like sinning? No Well, you will be before you go We got lots of gambling Oh, and we're telling lies You're certainly welcome Hard times Take a look in my eyes Tell me what you see Besides the bright blinking lights stretched out in front of me I wonder if you'll notice Would you even care If I told you my life just isn't fair Welcome to hard times Do you like sinning? No Well, you will be before you go We got lots of gambling Oh, and we're telling lies You're certainly welcome to hard times Yes Hope you're feeling welcome Hard times.
A beautiful song、uh, from an underrated band. They never quite fit into the Britpop mold and they were not quite hard enough for the UK Brit rock scene that kind of came cropped up and dominated as well in the,、uh, in the late 90s. But nevertheless, an act that were Always there and always making really great songs.、Uh, that was, of course, Pulp, and、uh, the track was Something Changed. Before that, you heard Welcome to Hard Times by Charlie Crockett,、uh, the finest country song to、uh, somehow come through a time warp from the <laughs> 1970s. 
And we kick things off there with Jonathan Colton and his fantastic song, so funny, IKEA. You're listening to Third Country Radio on BFF.FM and we are celebrating this, our 50th show, by taking a look back through the previous weeks, the last year of fantastic music that we've felt so fortunate to share with you. Yeah, and it's kind of funny listening, you know, listening as, as we are to the various songs we're playing. And one thing I think that you and I can pride ourselves on is that we have, A, we have good taste in music, but B, we we try not to, or at least I try not to, and I know, I know you don't. Uh, either so yes we uh, don't really get pigeonholed we don't fall into musical ruts Mm. Uh, you know we each have favorite genres and we each have musicians that we're you know quite fond of but one of the things that I really love about doing this show with you is exploring different genres exploring different musicians exploring different sounds absolutely one of the benefits of doing this show that I feel, for me at least, is it pushes me to stretch my boundaries and explore genres of music that I may not necessarily be you know, fond of or just may not be educated enough in. I mean, I've, I've listened to a little bit of everything over the years. I think we can... Uh, boat recall uh, the uh, punk show that we did and I just kind of like just went all about talking <laughs> about that and um, when we celebrated in utero a few weeks ago and I was basically just talking about Nirvana for two hours um, and giving you a crash course in, in grunge uh, there are always going to be those bands and those genres that I love and that are nearest and dearest to my heart but I am really grateful that this show has given me the opportunity to develop a, a fresh appreciation for for pop music for country for uh, electronic dance music for the type of music that I would not have immediately gravitated towards were it not for your good influence <laughs> thank you and um our desire to not repeat ourselves yeah and you've done the same for me there's there's music that i normally i don't think would have gotten into too much and and beyond punk like things like folk um which unfortunately for for whatever reason i've just never been that into but you've kind of steered me into some uh You've helped me to introduce me to some very interesting artists in that genre. Um, and yeah, it's, it, you know, we, one of my, one of the favorite things that I like to do with you is, you know, hop on Bandcamp or hop on Spotify or, or wherever we discover new music and say, hey, check this out. What do you think of this? Yeah. And, and discovering what we like and then getting to share it with people that we will probably never meet, but hopefully we are making people's lives a little bit better by sharing some good music with them. That is definitely something that blows my mind a little bit. The fact that doing this show here on BFF.FM has given us the opportunity to, in a way, connect to you, the person listening to the show right now. And whether you are 
way over there and on the sunny west coast uh, or the rainy west coast if you're a little bit further north uh, or if you're anywhere else in the world because anybody can log on to bff.fm and listen to this show literally anytime they want once uh, once it has gone live yeah and, that, and not just our show there are many many shows on bff.fm that are all wonderful some may be discussing you know issues that are, are local to bff.fm's home base in san francisco but there are shows that come from you know all over the country possibly all over the world and if you get a chance, you know, explore those archives, see what people have been up to, see, see, you know, there's different shows that have been around for a lot longer than us. And I'm sure that there are shows that have just started out, but they're all worthy of your attention and time. And uh, I highly recommend that you check them out. Absolutely. And if you find something on BFF.fm, if you find a show that gives you something new to appreciate or simply gives you uh, a, a reason to smile that day, or maybe gives you your new favorite band. Uh, think about you know dropping a few a few dollars into the into the cup uh, for for BFF.fm because uh, you know this is a community radio station, and uh, we do this really because we love music and we love to share it and we love to share our thoughts on it and we love to build a community around that uh so uh you know please feel free to uh go to bff.fm and uh you can make a one-time donation or you can become a bestie and and donate on on a regular basis uh, really any amount you want to give is received with the utmost gratitude and you can donate safe in the knowledge that every dollar we receive is put right back into making sure we can continue to present the most eclectic and most enjoyable and fun and and just vibrant radio that we possibly can yeah absolutely it's always good to support uh you know community-based anything community-based organizations of any stripe but radio is something kind of special because it's 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 kind of a great democratizer if you can purchase a radio or borrow a radio or stand real close to somebody who has a radio you can listen to music, you can listen to people talking about issues, you can, you can, you know, participate, you can be part of a community. And all you have to do is stay tuned. We are going to keep things rolling here right now. Um, back in uh, February, uh, we were celebrating Black History Month. Mm -hmm. And uh, in doing so, we wanted to uh, really explore how black musicians have been a part of so many different musical movements uh, really for generations now and that includes the wonderful world of heavy metal <laughs> uh, so uh, coming up pretty soon you're gonna hear track hear tracks by the black keys and from sparks but right now you're going to be hearing uh, the fantastic sound of 
African-American metal troupe Black Death and their song Night of the Living Dead.
truck, motorcycle, or other vehicle to BFF.FM? Your donation will directly support, mentor, and provide opportunities for our Bay Area radio DJs. Just call 855-500-RIDE to donate that old vehicle. We accept most cars, trucks, trailers, boats, RVs, motorcycles, off-road vehicles, heavy equipment, and other motorized vehicles. As long as they're in one piece, have an engine, or even towable, we'll take it off your hands. It's easy, convenient, and you'll be directly helping the San Francisco Bay Area music community. Just call 855-500-RIDE to donate today. That's 855-500-7433.
small affair To the girl with the mousy hair But her mummy is yelling no And her daddy has told her to go But her friend is nowhere to be seen Now she walks through her sunken dream To the seat with the clearest view And she's hooked to the silver screen But the film is a sad thing for For she's lived it ten times or more She could spit in the eyes of fools As they ask her to focus on Probably one of the best and most beautiful and possibly underrated Bowie songs there. You're listening to Third Country Radio here on BFF.FM, Best Frequencies Forever. So that three-song set started with Night of the Living Dead 
from Black Death, which is a an all African American metal band based out of Cleveland, if memory serves, that uh, came to you during our show about for Black History Month. Uh, after that, you heard Everlasting Light by the Black Keys uh, from Akron, Ohio, not far from where we are recording this very show. And then after that, uh, a song that I've really grown to love over the years. I, I don't quite know why, but it's just gets me every time. That was Life on Mars by the one and only David Bowie. And I believe we played that. We Was that from the episode where we uh, ended up house-sitting for somebody, watched Moon Age Daydream, uh, made, made use of their HBO Max subscription <laughs> to watch a beautiful documentary, and then kind of had Bowie on the brain for a good long while afterwards. That's right. That comes from our uh, Bowie show, where we played a lot of music by the man himself, as well as uh, some wonderful covers and uh, sort of songs inspired by by David Bowie and I just remember uh, the two of us playing great music and having uh, really wonderful conversations about the process of you know, creation uh, of, of being an artist of exploring genre and artistic um, styles and different crafts and uh, it was I think a um, I think that's a show that's emblematic of our style here. Yeah. You know, we, we love to play music and we love to discuss music as well. Not just in terms of, you know, we liked or did not like a song. Uh, it's, it's it's very rare that we play a song we don't like uh, here on the show. <laughs> um, but also, uh, you know, what that song means kind of on like on a on an emotional level on a spiritual level on an intellectual level and i really i really like when we can dig into a genre or in the case of like our bowie episode dig into like a specific artist and really explore what that artist means to us and and kind of I guess demystifying perhaps uh, the, uh, the 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 kind of image we build in 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 popular culture like you know D David Bowie is a figure that has he left such an indelible imprint on 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 pop music yes but also like on popular culture just by absolutely like just his his exploration into acting into visual arts into fashion you know it's like it's it's very difficult to avoid the 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 impact he had just because of the length of his career and and, and the really interesting journeys he took on that career and uh i i really i really enjoyed that episode i i thought it was I thought it was a, a really fun episode, and also uh, for me, it was very thought-provoking. Uh, the conversations that we had. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's been kind of interesting because it's been a year or two of music documentaries, and the reason I say that is because we saw Moon Age Daydream, but we also saw the fantastic documentary about the Sparks Brothers. Yeah. And uh, you know their their music that their musical career, which has spanned what. 50 some years 50 now 50 years now yeah yeah um, a, a band that not a lot of people have heard of but uh, they've kind of earned the uh, you know the, the moniker your favorite band's favorite band for a very good reason mm. and 
so like that uh, that episode and the Bowie episode, probably two of my favorites as we kind of took a deep dive into some artists that uh, I was a little bit more familiar with with Bowie. I'm not like a Bowie super fan or anything, but mm. um, a little bit more familiar with him than I ever was with Sparks. But it was very interesting to see these uh, these in-depth you know, looks mm. at what it is to be an artist and how the creative process is different for different people. But mm. Still, can you know the end result can be something that's really beautiful and, and something that inspires scores of people around the world. Yeah, I I think that's it's an interesting uh, comparison there. If you consider uh, David Bowie, who was exceedingly popular, just famous wherever he went, uh, and and recorded so many great records and great albums over the years from from his you know from his uh you know his his forays into like into rock and roll with ziggy stardust and 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 examining the idea of what it would be what is it to be basically a rock star and to have the character of a rock star you know and and then you know obviously his personal struggles uh with with addiction and and how that affected the music that he made you know becoming quite quite insular and and then later on in berlin exploring i i think you could you could say that you know his his time in berlin was a time of reflection as well as exploration uh, and and then just later on embracing embracing pop music embracing you know uh the you know uh the the genre conventions and but, but being like one of the best people to do that you absolutely know? <laughs> and, and then you compare that with with an act like sparks who you can who, i think you can safely argue have been just as exciting and explored just as many different genres uh, and also, um, like David Bowie, we're kind of, we're, we're kind of like always just, they were always ahead of the curve. They always made the best album of, of a particular, um, style, a particular fad, like, like about six to 12 months before that fad came along. <laughs> yeah. And in some cases they kind of made the fad. I know at one point talking about, um, one of their songs called the number one song in heaven and how was it it wasn't the one of the people from the pet shop boys but it was a it was somebody that like was involved in you know that kind of synth music mm. from the 80s talking about um how that particular album that particular song like kind of made in some ways the the london club scene at a certain point because mm. everybody was listening to this album going oh my god can, you know are you hearing this and then playing around and figuring out how to make sounds that were similar and so and so you know who knows how many synth bands were uh <laughs> were born from just that one album it's it's really interesting to consider that and, and it's so wonderful that we have the opportunity to have those conversations and share that conversation uh, with you listening to this show and and hopefully inspiring you to have those same discussions and maybe you know reflect on it yourself reflect on uh, the musicians that you hear on our show uh, or just the bands that you you really love in your life you know regardless of genre mm -hmm. 
Uh, we are going to play a little bit of Sparks uh, here on the second hour of the show, uh, but uh, we have we have another act coming up next to that we have we have played before uh, a, a band that we really love uh, and a song that we really love. Yeah, uh, this song comes to you from the act Telling the Bees, and I think what I love about it is just the. It just makes me happy every time I hear it. I was I was gonna go for you know try to you know something a little bit deeper, but but the fact of the matter is that I, I love the lyrics and I love the tune and it just kind of makes me happy every time I hear it. So uh, we're gonna be playing for you the song "Beautiful."
far away Beyond the spreading light The radio flicks on The voice to warm the night Cause we are young We are fools We are beautiful We are calling out our names Across the universe We are young We are fools We are beautiful We are calling out our names Across the universe We are young We are fools We are beautiful We are calling out our names Across the universe We are young We are fools We are beautiful We are calling out our names Across the Tonight, tonight, tonight. 
undoubtedly one of my favorite songs of uh, of the punk genre, of which I have heard many, but I don't think any band ever exemplified that mix of heartfelt 50s doo-wop need and straight ahead three chords we barely know how to play mentality. so we better play fast so we better play fast um uh, you know it, it basically it was the ramones and the buzzcocks uh, and the buzzcocks with their classic hit uh, ever fall in love with some someone you shouldn't have to give it its full title uh before that you heard music that you can dance to by sparks and we kicked things off with uh, beautiful and uh, that was by telling the bees you're listening to Third Country Radio on BFF.FM, Best Frequencies Forever. And we are celebrating our 50th episode uh, for uh, for you, if you have only just uh, tuned in. Uh, we're celebrating 50 episodes by playing some of our favorite songs from some of our favorite episodes. And um, we talked a little bit about this uh, in a prior talk talk break when we were discussing um, our David Bowie show. But um, the Spark show was another another really fun show that we had that um, gave us a, an opportunity to again discuss the method of creation of what it means to be an artist. Um, it's uh, it's it's funny. I think I think we have gotten into sparks the same way a lot of people have gotten into them in the last few years mm-hmm. with, with that fantastic documentary the sparks brothers yeah that was an edgar wright film yeah edgar wright um who was who has a, been a lifelong fan of the band and interviewed all of these other people that we know who are also lifelong fans of the band yeah uh neil gaiman is a big fan mm-hmm. uh alex capranos of franz ferdinand uh sparks actually ended up doing an album with them which is yeah. it's so good yeah it's 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 just a fantastic collaboration and i think it's kind of interesting how moon age daydream which we were talking about is really it's it's a biography about bowie but it's also kind of a meditation on you know what is art what does it mean to create you know mm-hmm. what what drives the artist that sort of thing and sparks is a little bit uh it's a little bit more lighthearted, which mm. which fits because Sparks themselves, you know, they aren't really they they write very good music and and often the lyrics are very good, mm. uh, but they they don't take themselves too seriously. No, they don't take themselves seriously, and and you can sense that in the music, which is quite uh, you know has a liveliness to it uh, that I think if you're if you're not paying too much attention you can you could then disregard it mm-hmm. you know you could disregard what is actually going into the songs because if you pay attention to the quality of like the composition and also the subject matter and the wit of the lyrics like you you start to recognize a a remarkable amount of intelligence and creativity and uh, an exploration of, of some pretty heavy themes sometimes. Yeah, um, S- Sparks never got big. Um, and when I say that, they, they have a very dedicated fan base. And mm. in, in recent years, they have, you know, thanks to that documentary, I think they have become a bit more well-known. But for a very long time, they were relatively unknown, probably a bit better known in the UK. They mm. seem to have better success in the UK, yeah. possibly because, uh, and they do talk about this in the Sparks Brothers documentary, um, that... 
the UK, like it, you're allowed to be kind of funny and witty in, in pop songs in the UK in a way that for whatever reason, the US market, like as soon as you, you know, you can write beautiful lyrics and you can, you know, wax poetic about love and loss and different things. But as soon as you try to start being witty, mm. it's, it's, you're automatically kind of assumed to be a novelty act or a parody act or, or something like that. And which is a shame because, mm. you know, Sparks makes really good music and they make their their lyrics a lot of times are very funny. As you heard, if you listened uh, carefully to the lyrics in Music That You Can Dance To, which, uh, as a reminder, is a song that they wrote after a producer said, um, you know, basically, I don't hear any singles. Why can't you just write music that you can dance to? And they did. And it is one of the greatest, you know, yeah, you uh, <laughs> songs ever written from that perspective. Uh, but then they also have songs like, when do I get to sing my way? Mm. Which if you listen to the lyrics to that, and if you don't listen to the lyrics, it's a, a perfectly, ser- you know, serviceable. I shouldn't even say perfectly serviceable. It's a really good Euro dance track. Yeah. If you are not listening to the lyrics, like if you just stripped out the vocal tracks on that, it would have been like the club hit of the summer in Ibiza. Oh yeah, at, at, a, at a certain point in the '90s. Um, but if you listen to the lyrics to that, they're like these quietly devastating lyrics. Yeah. And so you know, while while Moon Age Daydream meditates on the nature of art and artistry and what it what it is to be an artist, I think the Sparks documentary focuses on what it is to to be an artist who doesn't follow popular convention and in the process ends up kind of quietly writing what that convention is mm. and 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 uh, among other things um it's also about you know collaborating with the sibling it's also <laughs> about what it is to be an underground band for for decades after many other underground bands would have said you know what we're not going to find the success that we're looking mm. for so forget it and it's also about making art that you believe in yeah and that's something that i have a deep respect for because so many artists work with you know labels and are told you know we're going to set you up with this producer and this producer is going to tell you what you should sound like mm. um like personally I, i'm still mad about it. i think it was uh rick rubin i think uh fits in the tantrums got with i believe he was the person they got with and they started out as this very cool kind of blue-eyed soul group. Yeah. And then suddenly it was like, nope, that's that's not what the kids want. The kids want, you know, like indie pop. Yeah. And so they it just they just gutted that group, and it just made me so angry. And so to watch a documentary, a like three and a half hour long documentary. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a long documentary. It doesn't feel that long, but it's long. And uh, you know, to watch this documentary about a group that either was never told like they were either so weird that the studio was like we don't really know who you should be working with or the studio tried to to make them work with people and i don't think that was ever the case no um but they just said no i don't we're not going to do that the only time they worked with uh somebody kind of outside of their group who changed their sound was when they jokingly told a reporter who asked them what their, you know, what's next for Sparks when they jokingly told her, oh, we're going to go work with uh, Giorgio Moroder. And she goes, oh, really? Uh, that's interesting because he and I are friends and he never mentioned anything <laughs> like that. And they're like sweating bullets. And I, what did they say that they, they kind of told her like, no, we, you know, we were just joking, but she offered to like set them up with the band or they reached out in an attempt to mm. save face. I don't know exactly what the circumstances were, but they ended up working with Giorgio yeah. Moroder in the end. I, I think it's very interesting what you bring up there. Um, that the the there is a key difference between 
um, Moon Age Daydream and the Sparks Brothers in that both examine what does it mean to be an artist, but the Bowie film is very focused on, on what does it mean to develop as an artist, whereas the Sparks Brothers examines that difficult intersection that every artist has to eventually try to reconcile with uh, or else it will destroy them where you have to come to an understanding where like where is the crossroads between my artistic vision and the commercial success that I do want because every artist every musician does what they do because they love music and they love to write music and they love to share music but every musician regardless of genre and regardless of instrument regardless of of where they come from uh, every musician wants to make their living as a musician and for you know, for, for Ron and Russ Mayle, the, the, the two brothers who, who have been the uh, center of Sparks for the last 50 years through multiple lineup changes, uh, th there has always been a, a wish to receive the kind of financial and and critical, you know, they, they get critical plaudits, but the, the, the financial success that that they so that they, they 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 certainly want but in a manner that makes them feel artistically satisfied we just heard music you, you that you can dance to and so it's obvious that if they ever want like if they wanted to they could absolutely have recorded like a whole album of that they could have like like you know got rode the coattails of of any musicals of any musical fad or fashion that they wanted to um but they always seem to have a recurring pattern where they would record a record and the record would be you know like we mentioned like we said before six to twelve months too soon for the 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 the, the next wave of something that was going to be coming out and 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 rather than rather than being a part of that and gaining the success that they 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 wanted as part of that they ended up just you know making making it yeah <laughs> well the, the, i alluded to it earlier the uh, single number one song in heaven i think yeah. i alluded to that earlier maybe yeah. i was just thinking real hard about it <laughs> but uh but that song in the documentary they they talked to people you know people who who worked in clubs yeah uh, people djs in clubs who um talked about how they were looking for a song that they you know had a good kind of dance beat but was like really upbeat mm. and somebody mentions how the song number one song in heaven starts you know kind of slow and then goes up to i don't know how many beats he said per minute yeah but he's like yeah that it was, it was like you'd put that on and people would just freak out they loved that song and so that song in that album, uh, Number One in Heaven, it is called, um, ended up inspiring all sorts of musicians mm. from the 80s. Who, you know, like you could say, you could argue, and I don't know how strong that argument would be because I'm not an expert in the genre, but you could argue that Number One in Heaven kind of kickstarted 
the you know the synth pop res- revolution in mm. Britain. Oh yeah, absolutely. You 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 can take uh, you can take that 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 song and that album, and you can you can compare it to to a whole host of of, of acts such as like you know such as the Pet Shop Boys. Uh, or uh, even even some of the new romantic stuff as well, which which explored um, sort of synth pop. Like like uh, I, I believe members of, of the Human League are interviewed. I know members of Duran Duran are interviewed, and and they talk about yeah. how influential Sparks were to them when uh, when they were starting out. Well, I'm, I'm looking right here on Wikipedia and uh, under the section Legacy for the album. Uh, it says, Joy Division cited number one song in heaven as a primary influence during the recording of Love Will Tear Us Apart. Yeah. Yeah. Joy Division's drummer Stephen Morris stated, quote, When we were doing Love Will Tear Us Apart, there were two records we were into, Frank Sinatra's Greatest Hits and Number One Song in Heaven by Sparks. That was the beginning of getting interested in Giorgio Moroder. So presumably that means that without Number One Song in Heaven, there would have been no Blue Monday. And, and you can hear a yeah. bit of, of you know, number one song in heaven and some of the other songs from that album. Yeah. You can hear bits and pieces of that in Blue Monday, especially with the synth. Yeah. You know. Just it it's it's, I guess th- this is our uh, this is our recommendation to you. Go back and listen to our Sparks show. Yes, please <laughs> and, do. And then go watch the Sparks Brothers because it is a remarkable it it is a remarkable story. We're we're just gonna keep talking about them if we're not careful. Yeah. Um. We are we are rolling through the show, and we do still have so much more music we want to play for you. Um, next act, the next song we're gonna play comes from another artist that I guess like Sparks. You've kind of you kind of always heard him, but you may not have realized it. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, and, and you may not have realized the the kind of impact I, I guess cultural the cultural impact that that his music has had on you, whether you whether you noticed it or not and whether you realized that your favorite cartoons were I was just going to say if you have watched western animation there is a decent chance that you have come across this man's music yeah uh, we, we are going to come uh, right back now into the music with the one and only Raymond Scott and a piece of music that really is synonymous with uh, with his work and, and really exemplifies uh, the best of, of his work um, this is of course Powerhouse.
every day, BFF.FM strengthens communities across our region by sharing superb music with everyone. Music to connect people with each other and the community they're part of. Carefully curated programs on BFF.FM enrich and engage with music you know and surprise you with music new to your years. Music on BFF.FM just makes any day better. Your donation to BFF.FM is an investment in the power of music to uplift, to connect all of us together. Please take a moment now to invest in the power of music at BFF.FM. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
I'm pretty sure it's impossible to be in a bad mood and listen to Plantasia. You are listening to Third Country Radio here on BFF.FM, Best Frequencies Forever, and you just heard a three-song set there. We started that off with Powerhouse by Raymond Scott, another song that it's pretty impossible to be in a bad mood and listen to because you can't stop thinking about Bugs Bunny and all of your Saturday morning cartoon friends. After that, you heard Probably for Lovers by Just a Band, and then Plantasia by Mort Garson, which was used somewhat recently in, I believe, a TurboTax ad. Yeah. But um, but but even then, it, it, it's a fun song, and even if you don't like thinking about taxes, you can think about how much fun you're having listening to a song that was from an album that was supposed to, be have, to have been written uh, by people and for people who love plants and the plants who love their people. Yeah, and, and Mort Garson, another, another musician that um, has has had a, a, a pretty indelible impact, I think, uh, especially when you think about the the cool stuff he was doing with synth music at, uh, back in the day. Yeah, I think Mort Garson and, and Wendy Carlos were kind of foundational in electronic music in mm. many, many ways. Mm. And it's a shame that we don't have any of Wendy's uh, master recordings or very few of them. Mm. Switched on Bach might be kind of lost forever unless you own an album of it. Yeah, I remember we had quite the, we, we had quite the emotional... Uh, plea for someone to go out there yeah. and, and 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 reissue Wendy's music and hopefully we, we get to hear more of it in, in the near future. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we have to leave you. I wish we didn't, but it's true. We've come to the end of our 50th episode. But before we do leave, I just want to let you know what we're going to be playing next. It's a song uh, that comes from the very first show that we did, and it's by a band called Earth and Cloak. It's called Warm Mugs of Fairy Nog. We hope that you enjoy uh, this final track and uh, we hope that you'll be with us next week and uh, for many weeks to come. Uh, Here's to the next 50 and uh, I guess that's going to be it from me. And me. So until next time, uh, keep on rocking and as Katie always says, make art, love life.